Be Christ's Church. Impact the valley. Reach the world. All for the glory of King Jesus. Welcome to the North Roanoke Podcast. Today, our missions and community pastor, Hope Marquez, will be opening God's word for us. Our prayer is that you will encounter the living Lord as you hear his word proclaimed. Thank you, uh, worship team. That was something beautiful. Uh, I will read for you a few Bible verses. Uh, I'm going to be talking to you about um, Romans chapter 12. But first of all, let me read something for you. By the way, it's in the Bible. Colossians 1.16 For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things had been created through him and for him. Isaiah 43, 7, one of my favorite Bible verses. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Psalm 156, let everything that has breath, praise the Lord. If you please allow me to pray. Father God, we want to worship you because this is our, our adoration, to worship you, to sing your glory, to proclaim your name among the nations. Be with us today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Christian life is primarily an act of worship in which we give ourselves. Christian practice is inseparable from Christian truth. The goal of truth is holiness. This first, let me take you to uh, Romans chapter 12. And um, by the way, if I get you confused, not in my talking, because I do speak in tongues. I'm a Baptist, you know that. I have a friend from some other church, and I have been telling him that, that I will be speaking in tongues. So if I do speak in tongues, don't worry about it. The Holy Spirit will put everything together. But if I get in, into some issue where your doctrine, or what you think the doctrine is, is not like what I'm preaching, get with Daniel. He can either kick me out of the church, or correct my wrong doctrine. But I'm so glad I have uh, Pastor Ethan and Pastor Daniel with us because he will correct whatever is not really good in our lives. But anyway, I have the freedom to say whatever I want to say in, in a Sunday morning. This is very amazing. The book of Romans, the book of Romans tells uh, tell us about salvation. Beautiful, powerful, meaningful doctrines of salvation. By the way, if you, if you would like to start over again, if you are somewhere in your life where you want to restart your relationship with God, go to Romans. You will find out that God is clear and he will tell you what you need to know about who you are and who he is. The first two verses of Romans 12 give us the basic exhortations which govern all the duties that follow. The biblical pattern always dictates what we relate doctrine and duty and what you believe must 
determine, determine how you behave. A powerful motivation for living the Christ life is gratitude to God for saving us by his grace. Paul is talking about the great mysteries of the doctrine of redemption. But when we come to chapter 12, everything turns practical. We need to know God. We need to dig into the doctrine. But ultimately, it's about putting together what we know about the doctrine of God. This world is looking a good pattern of worship. This world, it's, it's crazy right now. In the timeline of God, we are living in one of the most exciting moments. You may be telling me, Hope, have you heard the news? Yes, sir. Every day I turn my TV because I need to pray for the world. We cannot escape from the reality we live in. We need to pray. We need to intercede for the world. The world is dying. And guess what? We, the church, are the only living hope for those who are dying in their sin. And that's this, this is exactly what I'm going to talk about. Through, If you give me, uh, by the way, you need patience with me. Did you, did you tell him a week ago that I'm going to be preaching for two hours? So cancel all, all of your launch plans, please. I'll give you the chance to do that in your cell phone. I will try to be concise. I don't know if it's going to work or not, but the chief can be expressed in many ways, from doctrine to duty, from creed to conduct, from Christian wealth to his walk, from exposition to exhortation. John Stott said, all through worship is a response to self-revelation of God in Christ and Scripture and arises from our reflection of who God is and he ha what He has done for us. Through worship, it's to evoke a living doctrine of who God is and we will act about that. Verse 1. Let me read for you um, uh, Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Verse 1 tells us the first part of my point. I have only two points. It's going to be a short message, amigos. Verse 1, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice. I urge you. This is the language of grace, not law. Paul, it's appealing to all of these beautiful 
profound doctrines he, he has been teaching in the first 11 chapters. Why is that? Because Paul is trying to remind how great God is in the lives of those believers in the first century. God called us to make a choice about the way what the way that we live for him. God desires to be worshipped. God deserves to be worshipped. God wants for us to live for him. In this life, you could be found living yourself either, either for yourself, for the others, or for God. And right here, Paul is, is asking the church, church, people, Christian believers from the first century in that Roman area, let's live for the Lord. Let's live for him. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about Daniel. It's not about Ethan. It's not about Lynn. It's not about the fame, the, uh, uh, for, for the fame of our own glory. It's about Jesus. Christian life is that. A Christian follower, Jesus Christ is the center of everything we do, of everything we breathe, everything we do. That's our duty, and it's necessary for our sanctification. First Thessalonians 4.3, the will of God is your sanctification. That is, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to possess your own vessel or body in sanctification and honor, not in lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God. So Paul is saying, so brethren, amigos, that's my favorite, favorite word in this church. Everybody calls me amigo. One of these ladies came to me and asked me, what amigo means? I say, I don't know. <laughs> if you call me amigo, that's okay. But when this guy comes to me, or that guy comes to me and uh, calls me amigo, I'm like, what he wants. <laughs> I'm suspicious. I'm not very intelligent, but with, with this guy, he's developing my intelligence. So, brethren, Paul, it's Beginning these last, uh, almost last chapters of Romans, telling them something very profound doctrinal section, and he's trying to say, hey, I want to exhort you to do something practical for the kingdom. Let's be the living sacrifices. Let's be the ones that can change the world. And brothers and sisters, the world will not change the world will not change by itself. world needs to be modeled and changed by the church, us. Is that easy? No, it's not. But that's our command from our Lord. By the mercies of God, Paul, it's, Paul reminds us what are the mercies of God. From Romans chapter 1 to Romans chapter 11, I can see justification. I can see that there is an adoption in the name of Jesus. I was no one. I was nothing. I was an orphan from the world. My, my, my daddy was Satan. Many of us, you will, you will be thinking, come on, Hope. Yeah, you look like a Satan's uh, son. You may be looking like that. Well, we all were 
sons and daughters of Satan before you became to Jesus. When you go to Romans, you see that by grace, by love, God's, God sent out Jesus Christ, and now we are adopted. We have a place under the grace, not by law. It's not about law. God, guys, the Bible says in, in Romans, it's not about what we do. It's about what he did and what we do believe. And what I do believe should must transform my acts, my behaviors. By the mercies of God, the gift of the indwelling Holy Spirit, help in grief. How many of us have suffered some loss in this COVID time? Many of us. Yesterday, I was praying for a leader in Honduras. He's helping me out to deliver all of these foods and all of this stuff. You guys uh, uh, donate uh, for, for this project. His beautiful mom died yesterday. He was broken. He called me and asked me for prayers. When we go to the book of Romans, we see that we are not by ourselves in a tribulation time. We see that we have a position in Christ. We were elected by the Lord. We know that He's coming for, for us. He will come for us. He has promised to each one of us that He is coming back for us. We're not forsaken, nearly forgotten. The confidence of not being separated from God's love, chapter 8. Total confidence in God's faithfulness. I hope you, will, you do understood my broken English, but this is the doctrine of Romans. Actually, I will change that. This is the doctrine of the Christian belief. That we are in Christ. That we have all of these beautiful doctrines. And because all of that, we see all of these mercies from God. And we want to, to present ourselves as a living sacrifice. I want to share with you two different things that I had been um, addressing to some Hispanic guys. One of these lady in the Hispanic church came to me and said, Pastor, I don't feel the Spirit of God in your church. How is that? God do not move in your, in your church. Why do you say so? Because I don't feel nothing. When you preach, I feel nothing. Okay. What do you think I should be doing for you to feel something? I don't know. Maybe better music? Maybe uh, more lights on the stage? Those multicolor, multicolor lights. Maybe somebody playing for you on the back of your sermon, you know, like some other churches. Oh. And I said, well, I will consider that. I asked this lady, have you tried some other churches? Oh, yeah. And she gave me a list of at least five different other Hispanic churches who she was visiting and she was feeling God's presence. She said to me, I had been speaking in tongues. That's great. Good. Good for you. I had been fasting and, 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 uh, for, for, for weeks. Good for you. 
tell me what did you get out of that? I don't know. I don't have a very uh, absolute understanding of what is the will of God. Something that happens, if we are not careful, we all need to know what is our calling, what is our purpose in life. If you see the last part of the uh, verse 2, the will of God, we all need to live according to the plan of God for us to walk toward the will of God. But be careful if you are looking God's will the wrong way. The other case, a Hispanic teenager came to my office and he asked me, how could I found God's will? He said to me, in many different things in my life, I disagree with God. And I asked him, well, why do you disagree with God? He said, I don't know. Many different times I found out that my will is 100% different than God's will. And I'm like, well, I'm confused now. How do you find out that your will is 100% against God's will? And he said, well, the things I want, the things I do persuade. Did I say right? Pursuit? Pursuit, thank you. Are not like the things I found in God's word. And I said, well, have you tried digging deeper in the word of God? You know what the answer was? No. If we are not careful, we may be looking the wrong way to find out what is God's will. Paul is addressing this issue. Paul is telling us how to find the will of God. You will not find the will of God if you're not digging enough in God's word. God will reveal you who you are, what you were made for in the word of God. In light of all of his mercies, we must be pursuing him to do his will. Paul says, present your bodies. Paul begs us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. This is connected with the idea of a living sacrifice, which makes us think of what the priest did in the Old Testament. A living sacrifice, that's what God needs. It's better to see the body here as a reference to our whole being. Whatever we say about our spirit, soul, flesh, and mind, we know that they all live in our bodies. When we give the body to our God, the soul and the spirit come in it. Then Paul is asking Hey, church, let's present our bodies 
toward God to be the living sacrifice. To be what God wants for us to be like. And, and many different times I found myself that we, many of us, we could be doing a lot of different things for God. But our hearts and sometimes our bodies are not part of this worship daily sacrifice. God wants self before substance and service self before any other order in our lives. The prior appeal to the will, it's I beg you, I beg you, means that will must dominate the body. The way of thinking of our age, it's completely different. Give your body whatever the body asks. These days, we are losing a lot of teenagers in the world because Satan, it's, it's fooling them, and Satan, it's, it's trapping all of these teenagers from our uh, churches in the way that they want to experience something in the drugs. They want to experience something in the darkness. And Paul is telling us we have to make a self-decision to present our bodies to God as a living sacrifice. James chapter 4 verse 1, it says, What is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Is the source not your pleasures that wage war in your body's parts. The body is a wonderful servant, but a terrible master. Keeping it on the altar of God as a living sacrifice keeps the body where the body should be at, in that place for God. A Greek person will never think to present his body to God. They were thinking that the body was not spiritual. They, th they were thinking in the, in the Greek background that body will not count as a living sacrifice to God. Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20 says that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We must present our bodies as a living sacrifice. If I take you to 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22, it says, To obey is better than sacrifice. God was not satisfied with a dead sacrifice from a sinful heart like in the Old Testament. God wants for us the body, the heart, the mind, everything from us. In Amos 5, 23, God says, stop your songs, stop your offering. I will not accept them because your hearts are not right. Psalm 51 verse 17 says, the sacrifices of God are broken spirit and a contrite heart. Those are the sacrifices that God accepts even back in the Old Testament. So it was not that animal sacrifice satisfied God. They symbolize a sacrifice that will satisfy him, but even then, it was a heart given to him that will satisfy his justice. God always wanted the heart and then the obedience in the sacrifice as a manifestation of a heart given to him. The sacrifice is alive because it is brought alive to the altar. 
then Paul goes and says, holy, pleasing to God. Holy, pleasing to God. When we offer our body, God expects for us to be a holy and, 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 and living sacrifice acceptable in his presence. The standard for sacrifices made to God on the new, the new covenant are not less than the old covenant standards. In the Old Testament, the sacrifice had to be holy and pleasing to God. Leviticus 1.10, it says, A male goat without blemish will offer to it. And Deuteronomy um, 15.21, And if it's there a defect in him, if he is blind or lame, or if, he's, or, if he's, or if there is any fault in him, you shall not sacrifice him to Jehovah your God. Leviticus 1.9, an offering made by fire of a sweet smell to Jehovah. What is the whole idea in these Bible verses? The idea is that God will smell the sacrifice and God will, will see if the heart of obedience will be in it. That's what God wants for us. We are the living sacrifice. In the Old Testament, there were um, dead sacrifices presented in, in, into the altar. But now, Paul is telling us we need living sacrifices. We need you to be holy, offering yourself to the Lord with all your mind and all your heart. Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15, it says, For we are God, to God the pleasing aroma of Christ. Every time we do anything, every time we go everywhere, we are the ones who will tell the world, that we are those living sacrifices to God. With all due respect to Paul, with these beautiful boys, worship is nothing related to music. I um, had a great opportunity to go to the jungle. And in the middle of the jungle was this tribe um, uh, I was about to preach, and some lady, um, she was the worship leader from some Indian tribe. He asked the, the pastor in charge of this pastor's training to, to, for her to, to be singing for the Lord. And uh, that was right before I was uh, about to preach. So she stood up, and she was singing to God. I will be honest with you. You heard my complaint about Daniel singing. But that lady, she was just torturing us. <laughs> and I was thinking, seriously, I was thinking, God, please forgive her. She has no idea what she's doing. <laughs> Don't take this sin. Because I was thinking that she was sinning against God and against us. And I was thinking, please forgive her. She has no idea what she's doing. When she, were, when she was finishing up, I heard like a voice in my mind. Something like, uh, she's not singing for you. You don't see her spirit. And I was in trouble. I was talking about my brother, Paul, beautiful boys. Music is the last part of the worship, not the first. You don't worship in this 
through the week, starting worshiping with worship songs and praise songs on Sunday. It's a good beginning of the week. Worship, it's a living sacrifice. Worship, it's the way you present yourself to God. Not the way you sing. Don't take it wrong, brother. I love these guys doing their best, playing the right note. Sometimes I do get in troubles with that guy, the drummer guy. You know, all of these guys and my daughter, she was playing drums for the church many years ago. Every time I was coming into the church, smile. Every time he sees me, I'm like, you know, everyone in the cage is like a the punishment cage. <laughs> they are playing the drums like a, they were, you know, punished. <laughs> and... and and when we see you like that, brother, you don't help to, to worship God, brother. They are doing their best to worship God. But worship, it's a personal decision to present ourselves as a living sacrifice. And that's exactly what Paul is telling us. That's exactly what we need in this world. People being under oath to God that we're going to be doing our best for him. Where we're going to crucify our own sinful flesh. Do you think Daniel, Ethan, Paul, and I, we don't have sinful thoughts? Maybe more than you could imagine. We are not more holy than you guys. Honestly, you, have, you, you got it wrong. Maybe the only difference we take our sinful thoughts and nature to the cross where we all need to take ourselves to the cross of Jesus. <sighs> Which is your spiritual service of worship. The ancient Greek word of rational it's logicos. It can also be translated like a, of the word. Spiritual service of God, spiritual service of worship, it's a life of worship. The sacrifice of a dead animal was a rational cult, but only the ones who were in Christ sacrificing uh, uh, um, ourselves to God, that's what it, uh, what makes occur the living sacrifice. Resist to conform to the world and be transformed in Jesus Christ. God wants for us to be transformed, not conformed to the world. The world, the world influence, it's so heavy. The world is trying to oppress us, to take us away from who we are in the Lord. And here is Paul telling us, don't get conformed. Don't be like the world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If the word of God 
will work in your spirit, in your mind, in your heart, then whatever you do, you're going to be worshiping God wherever you go, whatever you are. First Peter chapter 1, verse 14, it says, As an obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lust where, which we were yours in your ignorance. Don't be conformed. Let's be transformed. Transform is the ancient Greek word of metamorpho, which describes a metamorphosis. It's the same word that is used to describe the transfiguration of Jesus, Mark 9, 9, 9, uh, 9 2, and 3. When he was talking to God and he was transformed, he was uh, a changing in the presence of God. You want to be changed in your life? You want to find out what God's will is? Get into the Word. Get into the presence of God. So that you may be proving, that you will be testing what the will of God is. And the will of God is good, acceptable, and perfect. As I was praying for this friend of mine in Honduras, the one who lost uh, their mom yesterday, I heard, I heard over the phone what he said. He said, in this moment, uh, the mom died from a double, um, heart, double heart attack. How do you say that? It's a, the, 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 the heart was uh, dying twice. How do you say that? Stroke. She had two massive um, heart stroke, and she died yesterday. He said to me, while, while I was listening the news from the doctor, I was repeating in my mind Romans chapter 12, verse 2. The will of God is good, is perfect and acceptable. He said to me, God is in control of my life. God is in control of my mother's life. In everything, what is happening, it's under God's will. What I'm trying to tell you here is that Paul explains us how to live God's will. When, keep, when we keep our minds, our bodies submitted to the Holy Spirit, that's what we call a rational act of worship. When we resist to conform ourselves to the world, to this era where the good is bad, where nothing could be called by its name, we need to stand in the gap, knowing that we are, we are the church of God, that we Understand who God is and what he needs to be uh, watching for. Resist, focus on Jesus, and transform the world. Then, then, 
you will find out what God's will is for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, it says, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So, what God is telling us today, what God is telling us today is we need, we need to submit ourselves to God. We need to get into the doctrine of God. We need to remind the mercies of God. We need to understand that those moments of worship for God are when we submit ourselves into His obedience, into His uh, commands, and we do whatever is needed for us to be walking in the perfect will of God. Is that easy? No. No, it's not easy. Why? Why is not easy many different times in our lives to be submitted to the perfect, acceptable will of God? Because we have some issues in our lives. We have that inner battle between my flesh and the spirit. But when, when we understand that God himself is for me, God himself, it's given me the opportunity to be the, the people of God, the person of God, the ambassador of Jesus to change the world. That will make sense into my heart. So church, I want for you to remind uh, always what Paul is trying to tell us. Be, be transformed in your mind and also in your heart. Would you please stand? Let me pray. Pastor Paul, can you help us with some music? Father God, thank you today. Thank you for all everything what you have done for us. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Thank you for the redemption of our hearts, our souls. Thank you for being with us, Lord. So, Father, this morning, my brethren and I, my brothers and sisters today, we want to be worshipers. We belong to you. You have saved us. You have formed us. You have created us for, for your glory. Whatever we go, whatever we do, we want to be the sweet aroma into your presence. But maybe today we have to recognize that many different things in our lives are not pleasing you. Maybe I don't, I'm not living what you expect for me to do, to say. Maybe something is not working well in my life, in my family, in my surrounded areas where I do work, where I do live, and, and I have not connected myself to the point that I must be presenting myself as a living sacrifice 
Today, God, we want, we want for you to be glorified. We want to worship you, Lord. Our families, our communities, our country, our world, we need you. The ultimate purpose for the church it's for your name to be known among the nations, to be worshipers in spirit and also in truth. Today we want to be reconciled with, with you. Maybe I, I was not, and maybe I'm not giving the best to you. And I want to present myself help me to live for you help me to find myself in you if you're one of these brothers or sisters who need some prayer in your life let me pray for you you may have some needs where you don't find yourself in the perfect will of God and you have some struggles and you have doubts in your heart you feel maybe that you're not worth it maybe it's time for you to stop and say I need you Lord I need to go back to the point where I understand who I am because I do know who you are And I would like to pray for you. Just raise your hand, wherever you are. I would like to pray for you. God, you see our hearts. You see our hands. And I pray that you can help my brethren to be the worshipers that will change the world. The people who knows you and help the others to find themselves in you. Be with us. And I pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the North Roanoke Podcast. You can connect with us at northroanoke.org or download our app in your device's app store. Just search for North Roanoke. We hope to meet you soon.